I thank you, Lord. Could have sang those songs all night and just worshiped him and just spent time in his presence. I have a word I believe is from the Lord. I had a message about the wilderness that I wanted to share tonight and Lord changed directions on me yesterday. So feel confident after the songs that we sung this morning that the Lord has something that's going to move us all forward in his purpose and his will. You can be seated tonight. I want to open by just honoring our pastor and our pastoral team, our elders, my wife, all of our Sunday school teachers and Sunday school volunteers that help us. And I made a commitment to myself that anytime I got the microphone to just thank the Lord, express my gratitude for walking in to the first apostolic church on Montgomery Road nine years ago. Many of you don't know, but came in with a broken marriage, perverse mind, prideful heart. Could probably go on for a while, but won't glorify the old man. But my wife and I found the tree of life and it healed us and it set us free. And I couldn't help but pulling in the driveway and seeing that new building. I remember a few weeks ago listening to a message from Montgomery Road and pastor was preaching about the bridge project. And he said, somebody's going to give sacrificially and a family's going to come into the church and their marriage will be healed and their children will be saved. <laughs> that could have been you, Brother Diley. It could have been me, but I was just blessed to hear him prophesy that. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, who was it? Who was it that sacrificially gave? And just names started coming to my head. It was... John Wilson, it was Ken Wilson, it was Brother Wolf Angle, it was, it's all of us church. We've got a building to complete, we got to sacrificially give and other families are going to come in and just experience this joy and this peace and this liberty. I'll just share one thing, I've committed in myself, a meal cost about $10.00. If every adult, 18 and over, in the Tree of Life Church, I did the calculation today, fasted one meal per day, 52 weeks, 250 adults, we'd raise $910,000 by next October. And I'm committing to do it today. And any of you brothers and sisters want to commit with me, it's a small sacrifice to see his kingdom increase. I'm going to read tonight from Ephesians 6 and 10. You can stand if you'd like to in honoring the word, or you can be seated. Ephesians 6 and 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, 
and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith he shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And tonight I just want to focus on verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith. If you guys would just pray with me, Lord Jesus, we're thankful for your presence, Lord. I pray that you'd bind every distraction, Lord, all unbelief, Lord. Any spirit, Lord Jesus, that would hinder, Lord, the moving of your spirit in us, Lord. Let me decrease, Lord, that you would increase, Lord. Let pure water of life flow from my lips tonight, Lord. Let us leave, Lord Jesus, closer to the people you want us to be, Lord. Not for our glory, Lord Jesus, but for your glory and for your kingdom to fill the earth and to turn our city upside down. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Everybody said in Jesus' name. You can be seated. It's amazing the nervousness of having to take the pulpit of, of this great church. I'm so thankful, as I said, to all of our leaders, all the men and women and women and all the women that are so strong in the faith and carry us through struggle and trial in their prayer time. But the book of Ephesians is interesting. The first three chapters, Paul's dealing with us being new, new creatures and living with the Spirit of God. And the last three chapters deal with how we're supposed to treat people and how we overcome, overcome the adversary. And a lot of times we extract from those scriptures, you know, a husband should, should be in submission to their wife or a wife should be in submission to her husband. <laughs> Hey, Sister Ellis, she, she prophesied it on them bloopers. But how a man should love his wife, how a father should not provoke a child, how masters should be to their servants and servants to their masters. And a lot of times we fail. It's a challenge. But we see in 6 and 10 how he gives us the instructions for how we can accomplish these things. He tells us, we're not wrestling with flesh and blood. It's not your spouse. It's not your child. It's the principalities. It's the powers of this world that are influencing that battle. And he tells us, if you want to be successful, you need to put on the armor of God. You need to be praying always in the spirit. And so I want to focus a little bit on the armor of God, but then zero in on that shield of faith. And as I said, hopefully help us all move forward with what our purpose is and with what our promise is in the Lord. So we start with the helmet of salvation. It's to protect our mind. We know that what goes in often creates neuropathways. And the more frequently it goes in, the deeper rooted those pathways become and it becomes who we are. They say you're the average of the 10 people you hang out with most. So with the video games we play, the movies we watch, the music we listen to, it becomes the neuro pathways of our thinking. And so it's amazing as we talk to children about the negative side of video games. I know you guys get it, but zeroing in 
and murdering somebody in a video game is creating an image within their mind and over and over again that pathway is created and regenerated. It's why pornography is such a such a, a terrible sin as, as, the, as the, the, the visuals begin to become a part of us and now our relationship that should be with our spouse has been tainted over and over and over again. It's why we should have on the helmet of salvation because the more junk we put in, the more frequently that junk comes out. But I'm thankful for Romans 12 and 2 because if you've been struggling, if you haven't been wearing that helmet of salvation, Paul tells us in Romans, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. The Lord has a supernatural ability to change your subconscious. He's been able to take from me the wickedness, the perversion, the addiction. He's able to wash us clean with the renewing of his word. And so you say, well, what would I do with all my time if I'm not scrolling? Well, we get instruction for that as well. Philippians 4 says, finally, brethren. 4 and 8 says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. It's an ability for us to put on that salvation. It's an ability for us to look beyond the negative and see what's good and just in every circumstance and situation. So I encourage you each day to put on the helmet of salvation. We discussed the breastplate of righteousness. It was a covering over the vital organs, the heart, the lungs. It was not our righteousness, for the Bible says our righteousness is filthy rags, but it's his righteousness that we put on. It's an ability through the, his spirit that we're able to do what's right and to be what's right. And Sister Linda Wilkerson did a, a wonderful job this Sunday in Children's Church just teaching about Joseph. Everywhere Joseph went, when his brothers betrayed him, when Potiphar lied about him, when the butcher and the butler forgot about him, Every time, it wasn't a, an anger, it wasn't a resentment, it wasn't a discontentment that came from him. It was the righteousness of God. It was doing what was right. And every place he went was blessed, from Potiphar's house to the prison. It's what we're called to do. We're supposed to have hearts. The Bible tells us our hearts are desperately wicked. Who can know them? The wickedness of a man's heart. I remember coming to men's prayer and just confessing of the things that come through a mind of a man. And it's wicked. It's why we see grandmothers putting grandchildren in ovens. It's why we see murder suicides of young children. It's a, it's a wicked heart that we have. And it has to be protected. Because when we're thinking on the Lord and when we're serving the Lord and when we're walking in his spirit, the Bible tells us he'll put the desires inside of our heart. He'll take the wickedness from us and change us. And so it's a simple lesson. But it's Wednesday Bible study, and so I want us to know that we should be wearing that helmet of salvation. We should be putting on that breastplate of righteousness. The next thing it says is our feet should be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Everywhere we go, peace should follow. The Bible says Jesus is the prince of peace. That word prince in this instance meant source of. 
He's the source of peace. And if he's inside of you, every place that you set your foot, he told Joshua, every place you set your foot, I'll give you victory. I'll give you that land. Every place we step, the cursing should stop. Every, every situation we walk into, turmoil should become peace. It's the dominion we have, not in ourselves, but in the power of the spirit that's in us. And so we have to prepare ourselves. We have to take this gospel places. People that are struggling and hopeless, they find hope when they know that there's salvation, when they know that there's a savior that didn't send a son, but came as himself to become our iniquity, to become our transgression and to suffer and die for us. It's a, it's a message of deliverance and hope and salvation. And we need to be prepared to deliver that gospel of peace every place we go. I'm convicted often. You know, if we're, if we're honest, we're all would need to spend more time walking in the spirit, but I'll, I'll stand in hospitals and I'll be there all day long. And it'll get to be about the middle of the afternoon and the Lord will be like, what are you doing standing there? Like you could be walking these hallways, just declaring my name, taking dominion and authority in these hallways. And I'm like, oh Lord, I'm sorry, you know? But we have that power. Everywhere we go, there should be peace. Everywhere we go, there should be a message of deliverance. We need to have our feet shod and prepared. The belt of truth. We need our marriages built upon the truth, the word of God. We need what we're sharing with our children to be the word of God, created male and female in his his image, formed with a purpose, good thoughts, an expected end. It's the truth of the word of God, and it should be holding all of the rest of our armor together. It should be able to call us out and correct us of our idol worship. It should be able to convict us. It should be able to instruct us. The Beatitudes are always so convicting, the meek. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are they that are persecuted. All the things my flesh tries to avoid frequently. But it's what the truth of the word of God says, and we need to be wearing that belt of truth. But my focus tonight is on the shield of faith. I've incorporated a little object lesson for all of our visual learners, so hopefully you'll bear with me tonight. But I want to start with a little bit about faith. Romans 12 and 3 says that we've all been dealt a measure of faith. We've all been dealt that measure. And it's been taught, I think Brother Duvall taught about it. We all can take that measure of faith and we can put it into a lot of things. Bank accounts, education, sports figures, other aspirations of life. But we are given that measure of faith. Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. But amazingly it's not enough to just have the measure because we see frequently where he's asking them, why do you have such little faith? There's obviously an expectation of God that your faith increases, that you don't stay the same with the same measure. Even though that small measure, that mustard seed of faith can move a mountain, there's still an expectation that the Lord has. He's a good father. He doesn't want to leave us where we're at. 
And so I want to look at how our faith can increase. It can increase in three ways that we see in the scriptures. Romans 10 and 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It's the word of God that builds our faith. The Bible said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Paul in Romans 10 called the, the word of God the word of faith. And so we have scripture, promised scriptures, scriptures that we should daily be meditating on that tell us that the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous can runneth into it and is safe. That the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that love God and are called according to his purpose. That he makes perfect all that concerns us. That it's his good pleasure to take for the prosperity of his servants. That there's perfect peace for those whose mind is stayed on him. Do these things build your faith? I remember coming into the church and not even knowing much of the word of God, despite growing up in the Catholic church my whole life, and I was just blown away. I, I made a 21 memory verses of all the promises that were in the word of God, and I read them each day, letting that world be washed away and letting his word refresh it. There's no weapon formed against us that shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against me in judgment, he shall condemn. He's my rock. He's my fortress. He's our healer and our hope. He's our anchor. He's the bread of life, the captain of our salvation. Tell the kids, you know, a captain navigates you around icebergs. He ends relationships. He closes doors on opportunities. He's navigating you with an expected end of salvation. He's the captain of it. You can have confidence in him. You study this word, your faith is going to increase. The second way our faith increases is through trials. And again, like a good father, I got a son, Tommy. You guys have seen him. Great heart, good servant. That boy will try and kiss me 25 times a day. And as much as I love his desire to be close to me and his affection, there's also a desire for me to see him grow and for him to change and to, and to have new abilities. And so the Lord doesn't leave us in the same situation we're in. He's not going to leave us with the same experiences we've always had. He's too good of a God to do that. Romans 5 tells us, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Tribulation's a difficult thing. It's hard to swallow. But that trial is building faith in us. When he comes and is the answer, when he comes and makes a way, when he's working, when we're not seeing it, when we see him as our way maker, our faith increases. James 1 and 2 says, my brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptation, knowing this, that the trying of your faith work is patience. And let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. It's the trials. It's the trials. It's the testimony of the trials. They always say there's no testimony without a test. You've got to have a trial. It moves us from believing the word of God to knowing 
the Word of God. When he says, and we know all things work together for the good, it wasn't because he just heard somebody else's story and believed it. He went through the trial, and he knows that all things work together for the good. And it's just amazing. You know, we're coming out of the Ready Now campaign, and, and you know, there were, there were low times financially for our family. And there was always that word of God that was sure that said, I put it in your heart. I put this number in your heart. And whether it, he, he told me early on, he said, your, your miracle is going to be at the end. You better just rejoice with them as they have their miracles. He said, don't take your eyes off me. It's like a, it's like a pilot seeing the horizon. You got to keep your eyes stayed on me or else you'll divert off course when you start to have unbelief. And sure enough, he was faithful. He helped us meet our, our pledge. There's other testimonies in this place of miracles. I'm not going to share them all yet because it'll take away from my object lesson. But we are a people who know our God and have seen him do exploits. I mean, I wouldn't even have any, us raise our hands, but all the men that, you know, maybe should be in prison or even spent time there, it'd terrify us if we all raised our hands. We've got a miracle work in God, one who's taking us through trials and building our faith and coming through and being our answer. And the third way of building our faith is in Jude, first Jude, Jude 1. There's only one chapter, 20. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. It's got to be a daily praying in the Holy Ghost. It's got to be that spirit making intercession. I've never left a time of prayer where the spirit has made intercession through me, not having a confidence that what he set out to do through me was accomplished. It's impossible for his spirit to speak and things not to happen the way he intends them to be. When you're praying in tongues, his spirit is speaking that same life, that same spirit that moved upon the waters. That same spirit is moving through us and things happen. And you can have faith that things are changing in your circumstance and the circumstance of others. So it's a recipe for our faith to increase. I'm a man who believes that we shouldn't have small and flimsy shields of faith. I showed the kids at Sunday school, I gave them darts and I said, Brother Purdy's a small target and I got this big shield, but is there anything exposed that I can be hit with by a fiery dart, and they didn't have a hard time finding it. I even turned sideways, and I might disappear on the live stream, but if I turn sideways, can they still see me, Sister Melanie? Okay. But what happens when we're carrying these little flimsy shields, Brother Diley? My family can't get behind this. And now what happens, what's even worse, is I go through a financial struggle. And now I'm wounded 
And I take that hurt and I bring it home with me. And now my marriage gets the brunt of it. Our kids are getting too much of our discontentment. Our kids are getting too much of our anger. Our kids are getting punished for the fiery darts that our shields aren't blocking. I gotta be working those three areas. When Paul said the shield of faith, he wasn't thinking about the little round plastic shields that might come into your head when you, you know, think of like a gladiator or something. He was thinking about these big four and six foot shields that those Romans would carry. And they had some weight to them. And they were taller than this. And they were curved. And they could get behind them. And our children could get behind them. And our spouse could get behind them. And as fiery darts came, you could crouch down and you'd have protection there from that shield of faith. And I'm thankful because when we came to the tree of life, I was carrying this. In all honesty, I was probably the one flinging the arrows and the fiery darts. But there were men and there were women in the church. And they had big old shields like this. I'm not going to call out everybody, but I asked Brother Dave if he'd come hold one of these shields for me. Run on up here, youngster. <laughs> and so, Brother Dave's shield, it, 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 it's been back to the, to, the, to the... Who used to make the armor? I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> It's been back to the blacksmith or the silversmith or whoever it was to rehammer out some of those fiery darts. He's been through situations. He, he's testified of being a child and coming in from an abusive family, a broken family, and, and finding a church of women that loved on him. And he's testified of seeing a, a child raised from the dead. And he's testified of giving his last dollar towards projects so that the kingdom would be advanced. He hasn't... There was probably times of weariness when the idea of just laying down the shield might have been worthwhile, it might have been tempting. I was going to mention that umbrella opening up in that new vehicle, but I'm not, I'm not going to talk about the meekness and the gentleness. But he's, he's endured, and he's had that shield of faith, 
and my family was able to get behind it. Brother Billy, can he come up here? Am I going to leave you out? Back there, I'm calling all the youngsters tonight. You know, if you don't know Billy's testimony, he fell from a second story onto concrete and died right there. And his dad laid upon him. And he said, God, take me, give my son his life, lifted from the dead. I don't see her in here, so I need somebody to come and hold this for me. Can I get anybody to come hold this? Come on up, Brother Lamont. Sister Connie, if you don't know, has endured loss. Two young daughters and a husband that departs life early has to raise two daughters in this world and faithful, serving, taking other women behind her shield and saying there were, there were nights of uncertainty. There were nights of loneliness. There were nights where I was on empty, but the Lord renewed my strength. And she'd be here to testify of his faithfulness. Hallelujah. Sister Cindy Nixon, when, I mean, when you dance around here. Yeah. And during the struggle and the loss. Aaron or Jared, one of you has to come hold your dads. Run on up here. Aaron's dad, Terry, he was kind of like the, you know, you come in, I came Catholic background, I'm 31 years old, prideful. I look around, I'm like, these people are... What they need from God is not what I need from God. <laughs> but there was a man, Terry Williams, and, and man, he was just so much. I mean, he had jokes that were funny. He talked Coleraine football. And I mean, now I might call him reprobate or backslid for those things, but... But he had stories of, of having nothing. 
of raising his kids, of seeing Aaron brought back to life when he was supposed to die, of seeing Jared restored, of, of, of sacrifice, of teaching at the school. If you've been around me, I'm always inquiring because I want to know how do you make it. And I asked Brother Terry just two weeks before he was diagnosed with cancer. I said, Brother Terry, was there ever a time you were hurt and thought about not coming back? Or no, I said, was there ever a time you thought about leaving the church? And he said, you know what? One time I was so hurt, I thought about it. And he didn't share the details. I said, what, what kept you? What kept you coming? He said, I saw Brother Wheeler come every Sunday. And I have no clue who Brother Wheeler is. But it was a man carrying a shield of faith that had had some, had some damage, that had had some battle scars. And Brother Terry saw him carrying that thing and bringing it in and setting it up. And I got to just believe that, I mean, when the Lord heals Brother Terry, that's just going to be a little bit of an increase in that shield for us. But as I mentioned, these shields of faith aren't just for our protection. When Paul mentioned this shield, you know, it was known of the Romans that they had a formation called the Testudo Formation. And they would form a tortoise shell. Just bring yourselves together there. And Tree of Life... We're going to have orphans come into the church. We're going to have widows. We're going to have single mothers who just lost a husband. We're going to have people struggling, dealing with molestation and rape, the broken and the bruised. Bible tells us we who are strong ought to bear the weakness of the weak and not to please ourselves. We got to have these shields ready so that when Mark Purdy walks in with his wife and two boys with brokenness, there's some men quenching darts, taking care of the adversary for me. And when a man falls, or a man's going through a hard time and he's getting too weak to hold that shield, just drop back for a second. And you three come in front of him. 
You show up to men's prayer. You show up to Bible study. You show up to ladies conference. And you let the men and the women with the shields that are still strong hold up those shields and quench those fiery darts for you until the Lord renews your strength. We don't just look at him and say, oh, there's another one. Another Demas, love the world. What a shame. Philippians 2 and 2 says, fulfill ye my joy. Be ye like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Look, not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Church, when we have kids, go through rebellion, go through confusion, go through struggles in school. We got to be there as a family ready to form that formation, to get them protected, to let the Lord work in them. Isaiah 35 said, strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. If you're weak today, say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. Sit tight. Get behind the shield of faith of a brother or a sister. And God will come to save you. It says he's got a strong arm and an outstretched hand. Don't backslide. Don't take out your anger. Don't take out your hurt. Don't get offended and leave. We've got a city to win. I was driving by the other day and I just said, Lord, I thank you for the All Saints Apostolic Church. I thank you for the Good Shepherd Apostolic Church. I thank you for the Moeller Apostolic High School. (laughs) I mean, Brother Gleason said it. We have a purpose. Isaiah 61 says, The Spirit of the Lord was upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek. Musicians, you can come. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. That's what he's given us. I brought ashes, he gave me beauty. It's in the eyes of my wife, the beholder, but trust me, there's beauty here. (laughs) To comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them, give them beauty for ashes and oil of joy for mourning. He's given us joy in the time of mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. That's you and me. We came into this. He took our filthy garments and he gave us a clean garment. If you're backslid out there tonight, if you're thinking about coming home, the father's looking over the hill with a clean garment. The church is ready to receive you and put you behind these shields of faith. 
But that was us. And here's the instruction to us. And Brother Gleason preached it. This is you and me. Say, this is you and me. Say, we're the they. They shall build the old wastes. They shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the waste cities and the desolation of many generations. That's what we're called to do in this city. We go and we build the old wastes and we raise up former desolations. Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks and the sons of the aliens shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. The Lord's going to send us a harvest of Muslims, Hindu, Jew, Gentile, Greek. And they're going to find the truth coming from the pulpit. And they're going to find saints with big old shields of faith. And when their family rejects them, and when their religion and culture rejects them, we're going to have the promise that they are going to be the plowmen and the vine dressers. It says, we shall be named the priests of the Lord. Men shall call you the ministers of God. We shall eat of the rich of the Gentiles, and in their glory shall we boast ourselves. If you've been through a hard time tonight, if your shield is bruised and battered and broken, if you're new and you feel like you have no one, if you feel like your faith is still small, Find a brother or a sister here tonight. Link arms with them. Join together and ask them to just help lift you. We're supposed to take on the burdens of each other and pray that prayer of intercession in the Holy Ghost. Would you all stand with me today? We're going to see a victory. It's already declared the end from the beginning. And it's his will that none would perish. We need to take the promises of God and we need to have boldness and faith. When it says that Satan's the God of this world, that's a little G. The big G lives right here. And all power in heaven and in earth and under the earth has been given unto him. And that's what's working in us. It's time to put our shields of faith together. It's time to step forward into the promise. It's time to gain ground and win victories for the kingdom. There's people within the sound of our voices tonight, broken, lost, the vanity, the confusion, the pride, the self-righteousness, the spirits of depression and suicide. We have the answer. We have the name. It's time for us to put on the whole armor of God. It's time for us to fight the flesh, the principalities and the powers and look beyond the flesh and the blood and say, listen, you've offended me, but I know that there's a spirit of anger. There's a spirit of racism. There's a spirit of discontentment that's in you. And I'm not going to stand up for myself. That's a worldly philosophy, but I'm going to hit my knees in prayer and I'm going to take authority over that. Not that I might boast, but that you might have salvation. 
We need to be an overcoming church and a victorious church and a selfless church. I'm just going to say it from my, let's say it's anointed. I'm tired of begging for volunteers in children's ministry. We got kids fighting spirits so perverse and so wicked coming in not even knowing a positive thing not even a positive thought that goes in their head we got to put on the whole armor we got to serve we got to win the battles not by our might not by our power but by his spirit come to the front with us and let's just sing of the Lord's goodness and make a commitment towards living a life of big faith, strong armor.